You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 33. Hey, Impact Drivers, Laura Bernard here. I am your host of the PMO Strategies podcast, and today we are diving into a really important episode on culture and organizational change management. Now, I'm probably going to need to do a lot of episodes on each of those because there are so many facets, but today we're going to focus specifically on when culture becomes the topic of blame for people's behaviors, whether it's yours or your stakeholders, and how to move past all of that and get to making a bigger impact. This episode is sponsored by Project Management for Change. Project Management for Change is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to unleash the boundless potential of the project management profession to empower and transform communities around the world. They do this through pro bono support provided by professional project managers to address nonprofit organizations' most pressing world-changing initiatives. They provide the support at the signature event called the Project Management Day of Service that is happening all around the world. It's a community outreach event of unprecedented scale, enabling pro bono project management services for nonprofits and social organizations and through continuous delivery programs, ensuring focus on the right projects and seeing those projects through to completion. If you wanna learn more about the Project Management Day of Service events happening around the world, how you can get involved or how your organization could sponsor this fabulous nonprofit, just go to pm4change.org. That's pm4change.org. And as they say, Join us in changing the world one project at a time. Okay, let's dive into today's episode. The culture made me do it. How many times has someone said something can't be done because the culture doesn't support it? As a change agent in general, and specifically in the project management space, I'm always pushing boundaries and helping people find ways to push beyond their perceived organizational constraints to progress. When I start working with them, whether it's in a consulting role or a training role, or sometimes from the stage, I am often faced with a lot of, yeah, but language. I know you've heard it before. In fact, some of us have even said it. I used to say it. I felt that I was working in extremely change resistant cultures that wouldn't allow the PMO we were setting up to be successful. I was full of yeah, but language. You've heard me talk about the yeah, but monster before, right? It's that little monster that creeps in when you're trying to make big changes in an organization, whether it's implementing a new project or putting together a PMO or shifting around the way the organization delivers on strategy. You'll hear things like, yeah, but that doesn't work in insert business sector that has a certain way, quote unquote, of doing things. Yeah, but we have to follow the 50-step process on this checklist to get something done. Yeah, but we don't do things that way here. Or, yeah, but that doesn't work in our culture. That kind of language we sometimes find ourselves saying causes us to get stuck. In fact, we are perpetuating the same culture anytime we vocalize that 
something quote unquote can't be changed or can't be done differently. And if you've been on the receiving end of that can't language, you know exactly how frustrating and painful it can be. You have these great ideas you want to bring to the table. You have this PMO you want to put in place that you know is going to help drive greater strategy delivery. And you hear this yeah, but monster in all of your conversations. It's incredibly frustrating. And frankly, it's not productive and it's not going to help the organization achieve their strategic goals. So today, this podcast is your call to action to challenge yourself to stop perpetuating this belief that shifting the culture to a more functional, focused, and deliberate way of operating is impossible. Why? Because it's not. It is hard. It is scary. It is frustrating, but it is not impossible. I was at a conference recently and something one of the speakers said hit me so hard because I've always thought of hard work as something I want to avoid. And all of the latest fads, whether it's diets or exercise or just getting your work done, seems to be all about avoiding the hard work. And what she said really changed the way I looked at hard work. She said, hard work is the price you pay for a life that is not ordinary. Now, I don't know about you, but every executive that is trying to make big change happen in their organizations is probably not looking for ordinary. They want people working hard to help them achieve their strategic objectives. And you now have a call to action to work hard to shift the culture because it absolutely can be done. And when it works, it's incredibly rewarding. In fact, it feels amazing. Kind of like that feeling when you've accomplished a personal goal at the gym or academically achieved a higher level of education or certification. It feels amazing to push beyond what we believe to be our limits and do something that makes a big impact, especially if it was hard. You can do that at work. You can do that in your culture. Yes, even your culture. All of us can do that. And I'm going to give you a few techniques to consider when trying to encourage a cultural shift to be more productive an effective environment for you and your team to work in. Tip number one, don't do it alone. When we know that we need to help the culture shift, we think that the mountain is too high to climb and that we have to go on that journey by ourselves. It's not too high to climb and you don't have to go at it alone. You're not alone. There are always people in your organization that think the way you do. The key is to find them and work together to slowly and deliberately influence the people that make up this culture to open their eyes to a better way of doing things. A team working together has greater influence than one single voice. As someone close to me used to say, one team, one fight. Okay, so here's an example of that. Let's say that you're working on a PMO and you're trying to get support for the things you want to do with this PMO and the services and capabilities. Now, if you follow my impact engine framework and approach, you are assessing the organization for opportunities before you go telling them the medicine they need to take. 
Now, if you're not familiar with my assessment framework and my approach to assessing the organization for impact opportunities, definitely go back and check out episode 20. In fact, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, and 24 go over that framework for you. So as you're going through that assessment process, you are talking to people about the services and capabilities, the pain points they have, where you might be able to help the organization accelerate project delivery, getting to impact, and all the things that we talk about a PMO should do. When you're having those conversations, you wanna be listening for the people that could be the champions and work with you to create those changes because you don't want to go it alone. You wanna find those early champions, the people that support what you're doing or that are going to greatly benefit from your services and capabilities and bring them with you early and often through that process, especially when you know there's gonna be culture shifts as a part of this PMO going in place. And this is just an example. This works for any project you're doing, any big change you're creating in an organization. Look for places that there are pockets of people that are really gonna benefit from the outcomes that you're creating and get them on board early, not just to be receivers of those change or give you feedback on the changes happening, but to be an active and proactive champion helping you get the organization to see as a whole how positive these shifts are gonna be. And then when you start making changes and momentum, they are the ones that should be talking about it and telling the stories of those benefits and how things are working. Okay, the second tip I have for you is don't try to do it all at once. Let's think about where we are as a species. We are constantly evolving. In fact, our very existence depends on it as the environment around us changes, but it doesn't happen overnight. If it did, we would have no idea what to do with the iPhone when we are still writing on the walls of caves. The beauty of evolution is pace. We must realize that the culture shift we are trying to create must be digestible for the organization. And that means slow and steady and consistent progress. Let's go back to that example of building a PMO. Now, the way I teach my students to build a PMO is this evolutionary process as opposed to big bang approach. We do 90 day cycles of impact delivery. Every quarter, you're releasing a new change or bringing about a shift that is helping the organization with some direct and visible impact. And that approach, as opposed to waiting two years, analyzing, planning, creating, and then boom, everybody sees everything all at once two years later, that's dangerous. That's why I like this agile or more iterative approach to change, whether it's projects or creating changes in an organization or building a PMO. My Impact Engine PMO framework is an iterative and agile approach to impact delivery, to setting up and running a PMO because you get feedback and engagement early and often. And at the same time, one of the coolest parts is that it's almost like people don't even realize the changes are happening because they happen at a consistent pace, but not big bang. So it's almost like they aren't even noticeable. 
poof, things are just better. Oh, look, we made a change over here and things started working better. Oh, we put that change over here and it worked better there as well. It's almost like, as one of my favorite program managers used to say, a Jedi mind trick where you're putting together these services and capabilities and you're getting value moment by moment in an evolutionary way so we don't even realize we have shifted from writing on the walls of caves to walking around with our heads down staring at our iPhones. It happens so slow and steady. It's a state of constant change so we hardly even realize it. Tip number three, see the forest for the trees. We can get so buried in the moment and immediacy of the changes we want to make and we forget to look up and out and around us. The changes we make are sometimes so imperceptible that those we are influencing don't even realize they are happening. However, to us, the change agents, the culture shift is moving at an excruciatingly slow pace. Then we step back and we see how far we've come and it's beautiful. I've had this experience so many times when building a PMO or creating a project management culture. And my best guidance to you is just remember to take a moment to recognize the progress you've made. That alone will give you the inspiration and energy to keep moving forward. And this has been a really big one for me and for many of my students. I often spend time in our one-on-ones talking about how much progress they've made in their organization because some of my students that have been with me for years don't even realize because it's been so much focus on the work and the change and the things that we're creating, they forget to look up and out and see the big impact, the big outcomes that they've achieved for the organization. And that's critical for so many reasons, including your own self-evaluation and your performance rating in the organization, drawing attention, getting more funding and support for the services you want to create. It's important that you have a perspective of kind of looking up and out and seeing not just the outputs you're creating, but the outcomes that you're helping the organization achieve. There were so many times when I was in the role of PMO leader that I forgot to do this. And I would just get so frustrated and tired and exhausted. And I'd be so impatient with the pace of change and wanting things to move faster. And then some of my mentors and coaches would help me learn how to look up and out and see that we were making really big progress in an organization that prided itself on being slow and steady. So look for those ways that you can look up and out and see that the forest is actually thriving and growing beautifully while you are planting one tree at a time. My next tip, don't let what you believe to be the standard stop you. I often hear things like, well, we have to do X, Y, and Z because that's how things are done in this sector. You hear this in the government space a lot, or when you're dealing with things like compliance with regulations or financial compliance, you'll hear, well, they told us we had to track things this way. And usually what they actually are telling you is the outcome they want achieved. And it's up to you to figure out the best way to get there. If you work in one of those environments with stringent processes, with far too many steps to actually be productive, take a step back to evaluate what you were truly being asked to do. Most people that work in that environment will tell you that they must fill out 25 documents to start a project because that's the way it's done. 
I would like to challenge you and for you to help others to think about the impact of the work being done and the value it's creating. Does anyone read the 50 page document you just created? I'm not talking about all the people doing the review cycles to make sure it's perfect before it's delivered. I'm talking about the consumer of the information. Are they actually using it? Is it causing action, change, or progress? If the answer is no, then maybe you still must quote unquote do the document, but maybe you can find a way to streamline the process of reviews or simplify the content so that it doesn't have to be 50 pages. Think about it. Just because a deliverable must be created, where does it say it must be 50 pages? Will 20 do and get the same point across? Will one review cycle be good enough? Your level of effort here should be proportional to how impactful the deliverable is in moving the project forward or supporting sustainability of the project deliverables. Many years ago when I was working in financial services, I was working in an organization that dealt with a ton of regulation on how they did the work they did. And as a part of us being compliant with all of that regulation, we were told that there were tons of steps and process and documentation that needed to be created. And of course we had to do it, but when you looked at how people interpreted what needed to be done, they were always erring on the side of so much information that it wasn't actually useful or helpful. So one of the things I did was challenge where are the places that we can meet the letter of the requirement, make sure that what we've created is actually usable and effective to, let's say, preventing some kind of a challenge down the road, but isn't so big and onerous that it defeats the purpose in the first place. And when we went through that exercise of saying, how do we actually meet the intent create something that is effective in achieving the outcome, use that as our guide, we were able to streamline a lot of steps in process and a lot of documentation, and in turn, actually make us more secure and better prepared to avoid the risks that we're facing the organization from a financial perspective. It's all about perspective and understanding what the outcome is you're trying to achieve and what's the best way to actually get that outcome as opposed to this is the number of steps we are interpreting we need to follow in order to achieve outputs. Remember, it's all about outcomes. Okay, my next tip, it's important for you to understand it's okay to be a disruptor. We often get scared that making noise will get us fired. How often is that really the case? Innovation and change only comes because someone was brave enough to make some noise, question the process, propose a new idea, or challenge the status quo. I was often known for this in my organizations and it annoyed some people. There will be people that don't want the culture to shift because they are either benefiting from the way things are now or they are scared that the culture shift will negatively impact them. Decide which is more beneficial, meaning less painful to you, living with the culture or process the way it is now, or having someone temporarily upset with you because you challenged their way of thinking. Innovation comes 
when we stop tying ourselves down by believing that we cannot accomplish something, that we cannot make a change, that we cannot move our culture forward to a healthier place. Your goal to help them see why the pain they're experiencing today doesn't have to be the way things are. There is a better way. You can relieve the pain. You just need to show them the path to get there. Because many times people don't see that there is a path to a better way. Do you know anybody in your life that maybe lives in pain physically on a daily basis? And why is that? Often it's because they don't know that there is a better way. They either haven't done enough research or they don't realize there are resources or they've just become accustomed to living in that pain. Has it ever frustrated you knowing that if they just maybe did a little bit more exercise or if they just went and saw a doctor or if they just addressed whatever the problem was that they would feel so much better. The same thing happens at work and in particular at work because somewhere along the way, someone was told that this is the way it has to be done and they might be afraid to be that disruptor to challenge the status quo and think about doing things differently. This is where you become a champion for the change and help people see that the pain they're experiencing can be changed and the risk of inaction has more powerful and more painful consequences than they will experience by actually making the change you're trying to get them to make. Now this last one is just for fun. Occupy yourself. I remember working in an organization that digested cultural shifts very slowly. I was implementing a PMO and was so eager to start moving them on the next step and the one after that, knowing that the outcomes they had achieved thus far were nothing compared to where I wanted to take them, but they were not moving very fast. They needed time to grow accustomed to the shifts that we had made to the culture thus far and pushing them would only deepen their resistance to the changes that I was trying to make. Now that experience that I had and what I learned during that time is why I have an agile and iterative approach to PMO building and running and continuing to evolve that I use in my Impact Engine PMO signature program. It's an agile implementation approach to a PMO because I was not alone. There are a lot of organizations and a lot of PMO leaders that are in organizations frustrated because they just can't get the people in their organization to embrace and adopt the changes as fast as they would like. So if you're impatient like me, then this one's really going to hit home for you because I had to learn some techniques to help me pace my change and keep myself occupied while people were digesting the change we'd already implemented. So when I was in this situation, I was so exasperated and frustrated because I just knew that there were more changes that I could bring to them that would just make the pain they were experiencing go away, just like we talked about a minute ago. And I, in my frustrated state, sought the guidance of a change agent mentor of mine in the organization. And you know what he told me? Go occupy yourself with other things while you wait for them to catch up. I laughed thinking it was ridiculous and that he was joking, but then I realized he was actually right. 
He encouraged me to work on my self-development items or find a hobby outside of work that would keep me busy until it was time for the next cultural shift to happen. And it worked. I channeled my craving for change into some self-development items I was working on and increased my focus on a fun hobby outside of work that allowed me to practice patience at work with the pace of cultural change and see it for the beautiful process that it was. I was also able to join the board of a nonprofit organization that I felt very strongly in supporting because it was all about second chances and helping people embrace change. So I was able to take my talent and my skills and my eagerness to help people realize change and use that in the nonprofit work I was doing while I was waiting for people in my organization to fully digest the changes we'd already given them. And it really did work. And what it taught me is that perspective is everything. From my perspective, things were moving so slowly and I needed to find other ways to feed that desire and craving to help my organization accomplish their objectives. But for the people that were experiencing the change, it felt like things were moving pretty quickly and they felt like they had the right amount of time to digest those changes because I wasn't shoving more changes down their throat. I paced myself, I found ways to occupy myself while those in my organization were able to digest the last round of changes I'd just given them. And of course, I was always looking for ways to support them and to help them and to provide additional services and to continue to communicate and talk about the value and the impact we were creating for our PMO, all while my stakeholders were able to digest what they had in front of them. So it worked out beautifully. Now, I know that it's not easy to work in environments where the culture seems to drive so much of the actions and the decisions that people make. Trust me, I totally get it. It can be challenging to see something that you are sure will help the organization become more successful and feel like it's just out of reach beyond your fingertips. It's not. It just requires patience and a hunger to drive the change. You don't have to make it happen all at once but you can make it happen. It starts by promising yourself that you will not allow the culture to stop you from going after what you know to be a better way. Then you can get onto the business of driving big impact for your organization with a culture that is ready to engage and foster the growth you want to bring to them. Just remember that culture eats strategy for breakfast every time. So you must address the culture first if you want to create an environment where you are driving impact on your strategy. Okay, that's it, Impact Driver. That's it for today's episode. I hope this has given you some good ideas on ways to make the critical shifts that need to be made in your culture and your organization so that all of you can be driving a higher impact on a regular basis. And don't forget, especially if you're impatient like me, it will take time, but you can do it. Practice patience, practice these techniques, and I promise you, you will thank me later. 
speaking of thanking me, if you love what you hear, if you're applying the techniques I'm sharing with you and you're getting good outcomes, make sure to leave a rating and review and let me know how it's going for you. And also share with us new ideas or questions you have, things you'd like to hear us address on this podcast. And I will either address it myself or bring on a host that will help me get your most burning questions answered. And if you're looking for a way to help you with practicing patience by getting involved in other activities outside of the organization that allow you to make a big impact quickly, I highly recommend you check out the nonprofit Project Management for Change. I am the president and one of the founders of the nonprofit. So I am speaking from personal direct experience in telling you that this nonprofit has changed my life and changed the lives of thousands of people because of the work that we do. So feel free to get involved no matter where you are in the world. There are roles to get involved in volunteering and supporting this organization as we look to change the world one project at a time. You can find a local Project Management Day of Service event. You can start one of your own using our support and resources, or you can volunteer for the nonprofit Project Management for Change to help us make that global impact. Just go to pm4change.org. Have a fantastic day and a high-impact week. Bye-bye for now.